Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin, doing my post-game pod for the Mavs last few games. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't remember what the <laughs> the last game was. I did a pod, but I do remember the basically the last three games, the Mavs are 2-1. Two, two of those games were played um, virtually without Luke. I do know he played, obviously, played that first three minutes of that Phoenix game. And... He, he twisted his ankle, and then he missed the next game um, against the Jazz, uh, which was the loss. But the Phoenix one was a win. Um, it was a good win. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie had a really good game. And, you know, uh, a couple things that were interesting um, about that game were, the, like, the Phoenix Suns, you know, they... Phoenix Suns are sort of, I feel like, in the same situation Dallas is. Um, you know, maybe they overachieved a little last year and, you know, made it, even the year before, you know, they went to the finals, right? And then last year they won, you know, 60-plus games. And, you know, now all of a sudden it's, uh, you know, they Jay Crowder's not there. And I know Jay Crowder's not exactly a uh, – a sort of a dominant player it'd be like if Dorian missed games now Dorian missing those games was a big deal I, I do think Dallas missed Dorian but um I think Jay Crowder's sort of the same player and you know Booker's been out and with Booker's being out you know Phoenix is struggling to win games and you know seeing Dallas beat Phoenix without Luka was nice because uh, ultimately they they still because Luca started, it's not technically counted as a game one without Luca, so they're still basically winless without Luca. But you know, it, it was nice to see them get that win. And I, you know, like I was saying, Phoenix is sort of on the uh, decline for whatever reason. Now they are six and four in the last ten, and they won two in a row. But it is interesting to see how Phoenix has played with um, without. Booker, but I'll, I'll talk about other teams in the league later. I just thought that was an interesting game, that Dallas-Phoenix game. Obviously, the Jazz just sort of dominated Dallas. Um, one of the things that was frustrating to see in that game was Walker Kessler just dominate Dwight Powell. You know, I, and I, you know, I'm not going to turn this pod into a Powell bash fest, right? I just, it just frustrates me to see a guy who's a rookie in this league just dominate Powell. And I, you know, he's he's actually one of the better rookies this year. Um, I, it's funny how he, you know, maybe right now he's not as good as defensively as Rudy Gobert, but I, you know, you you could probably at some point, you know, when he gets to a point where he's got a, an opportunity to you know, sign a new contract. He's not going to cost you as much as Gobert. And he may not ever win Defensive Player of the Year like Gobert, but he's a guy that you could play year in and year out, uh, probably play him like, you know, $10 million a year, $11 million a year, and he's going to give you some fantastic center play. And, you know, Jazz were lucky to get him. Um, and more on Utah here after a few. But, uh, you know, I Dallas just – they just got dominated. They, without Luca, it's it's a struggle. Like I said, that the fact that they beat Phoenix kind of goes to show Phoenix's struggles. But 
you know, Utah basically manhandled them. And and then last night, you know, Luka comes back. They play Detroit. It's sort of um, a fishy game. Like, it's Luka's basically doing everything. Um, Dwight Powell ended up getting in foul trouble, and so JaVale McGee uh, played some minutes. And what was funny is he played very well. And it was... It was one of those things where it was one of those, like, I just wanted to kind of say I told you so. But then what was funny is coming out of the, in the second half, they started McGee. And he, he kind of made some of those mistakes that gets him pulled from games. Uh, he, you know, threw the ball away on one possession. They ended up getting the ball back, I think, and Luca ended up, I think, getting a layup out. Of, it might have been a different play, but he did throw, end up throwing the ball away. But I did find it funny that he played so well to end the second half that they started him in the third quarter, and then they basically went back to Powell. Um, you know, the... It's one of those, you know, Powell and McGee are basically, they're two different problems, right? And, you know, with Powell, you've got a guy who can't rebound to save his life. You know, he his, he's, he's I think he's averaging three rebounds a game. And you, you just, your guy starting at center cannot average three rebounds a game. That just, you, you will not, it's not sustainable, right? You, how they pulled it off last year was basically low turnovers and Brunson's ability to score the ball and the defense that the wings played, you know, between Dorian and Bullock. You know, Hardaway's not that great a defender. And that's why I don't understand why he plays so much, why he plays so much more, I feel like, than Josh Green. You know, Hardaway, when he's not making his shot, He's a worthless player out there, and I don't mean that in any sort of insulting way, but he's just out there doing cardio if he's not making a shot because he is not a good defender. Now, Bullock is a pretty good defender. He's not great, but he's he's good. He's passable, right? He's a guy who could go out there, and he can he tries hard. He defends, and he's strong, and you know he's a guy I like out there defending, and here lately he's actually – his three-point shooting has been – very good. Now he did. He had some really good games in a row. Then he fell off one game, and then he's had a couple other games. So it looks like he's sort of getting his stride back. Just in time to trade him to uh, New York for you know Cam Reddish and the Mavs first round pick. They need to try and get that back, if you ask me. But uh, more on that later. Um, but you know it was good to see the Mavericks come out, come away with the win in that Pistons game because it, for a while there, I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. The Pistons kept it close the whole time. Um, you know, since Christian Wood's been out, it's been a struggle for Dallas. You know, because technically Christian Wood is supposed to be taking the place of the offense for you know Brunson. Obviously, his offense comes in other ways, but you're you're losing that offense, and you're also losing a guy who can rebound and a guy who can block shots. And it since he's been out, it's been a struggle for Dallas. And you know, when Luca and Christian Wood are out, it's just it's going to be a nightmare. Now Dallas did sign a guy. Um, I, I'm 
the way I read it is he reads like he's a center, but he's like six foot eight. Like Luke is the same height, but I guess if you have a long wingspan, you can play some center. Um, he's an athletic guy, obviously, uh, something the Mavs lack. But they signed him to a 10-day contract. His name's like Silva or something. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with him at all. Uh, I, I did find it an interesting signing. Um, sort of leads me to believe that someone is interested in taking um, JaVale McGee. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if a team like Brooklyn uh, was in on someone like McGee. You know, Brooklyn... Um, I've said it in the past. One of the things they the story came out is they're looking to bolster their front court. You know, Brooklyn, all they have in their front court is uh, Sexton or Sexton Claxton, Nick Claxton, and where they really have no backup center. And you to go through the East, you're gonna have to probably play Javale McGee. You know, you're gonna have to play Robert Williams, Al Horford. Um, you're gonna have to play Giannis and Brook Lopez. Uh, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, right? These these are guys you're going up against. And I wouldn't be shocked if Brooklyn was interested in a guy like JaVel McGee. Uh, you know, they're and if if Dallas is truly looking to move him, um, they need somebody to come in and play. Now, this guy, I don't know who he is. I, I don't know how good he's going to be. Um Basically, if he can rebound the ball and block a shot, I, I just don't think he's that kind of center. I don't think he's a guy you can put out against um, any other big in the league and just, you know, while they got posted. I just don't think he's that guy. But I would be willing to bet he's probably a better defender than Dwight Powell. He's probably a better shot blocker than Dwight Powell, and he's probably a better rebounder than Dwight Powell. So. Anything to improve that position is welcome. Um, it would be nice if Dallas could figure. Like I, I, it annoys me to see these athletic guys just being drafted. And you know, Gafford's an example of one. He's he's not a high-paying guy. He's not a guy you're gonna pay a lot of money. But he's a guy who, if he were on Dallas's team, he'd be their best center. He'd be their best rebounder. He'd block shot. And it's. Not being able to find a guy like that, it's frustrating. That's why, like I said, when the two-way guys were being signed, I wanted one of those bigs that they had on the roster for you know the preseason. They had two bigs. I wanted to keep one of them as a two-way guy because you never know when you might need someone like that because you, you can't continue to keep Dwight Powell on this team. This team will never win anything with Dwight Powell. So... It would have been nice to see them keep one of those guys, but they didn't. Um, but as far as, you know, today is January the 31st. I'm doing this on the evening of the 31st. I believe the trade deadline is February 9th, so we're about a little over a week away. And obviously there's rumors going around Um you know, you know, stories come out like Luca wants the front office to make some moves to make the team better. Um, you know, you see things like the one today was Utah Jazz were interested in Dorian Finney-Smith, and somebody made the comment about a, it would be some like Malik Beasley for Dorian Finney-Smith. Now, I, I think that's an awful trade, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think Malik Beasley gives them anything. Uh, that they need 
as far as, um, you know, to me they need a defender. I would rather have a defender in Dorian Finney-Smith than Malik Beasley. Now, I do like Beasley can create his own shot. But if I'm going to trade for Beasley, I'd, I'd rather trade for somebody like Bertans, right? I I don't want to trade Dorian Finney-Smith for Beasley. If I'm going to trade Dorian to Utah, I, I'm going to want somebody like Lowry. You know, not necessarily Lowry Mark, and he's playing like an all-star, but... I'm going to want at least, and even Jordan Clarkson's a stretch. Um, Jordan Clarkson is a really good off- offensive player. Defensively, he's not there. Um, I, I just think, I just don't think trading Dorian to Utah, I don't think Utah has anything that they're willing to give up that would make it a trade worthwhile. And let me just say it that way. I'm not against trading Dorian. I know some people are all for it they think we're crazy for not wanting to trade them and some people are for it um for trading them some people you know it's it's either hot and cold right people either want to trade them or they don't want to trade them the people who do want to trade them look at his numbers and say the guy averages like nine points a game whatever if you can get a a good a solid player in return you take it but I, i just don't think that's what utah's willing to give up see utah Utah's in a, a an odd position right now. You know they're sitting at 500. They're in the tenth spot. I, I don't understand why they would want to trade for Dorian Finney-Smith. That doesn't make sense to me. I would think that they would be looking to trade somebody like Mike Conley to the Clippers, get what they can from the Clippers, including draft compensation. You know, there are probably teams out there who are willing to take Jordan Clarkson. And you just continue with what you have. You can keep, you know, you, if you trade Clarkson and Conley, you could put Sexton in the starting lineup and start him with Larry Markin and, and, you know, Kessler. And then just go from there. You're, you're not winning a title with the team they have in Utah, right? They, they're not... I just don't think they're one of the five best teams in the West. So why would you trade for Dorian Finney-Smith? And why would Dallas trade Dorian Finney-Smith to Utah if all they could get in return is Beasley? I just think that's a bad trade. I don't think that helps Dallas. You know, one of the things I've talked about in the past pods is trading, you know, Bullock to New York for Cam Reddish. And, you know, maybe if... Bullock starts to hit a shot more and his percentage goes up. Maybe you could talk him into that first-round pick that New York owns of Dallas's. And if you could get that, then maybe at some point, you know, you could turn around and send a particular, just whether it's next year, this year, the year after, to Detroit for Bogdanovich. And I, I think if you can swap Bullock for Reddish, obviously there are people out there who – like that trade and don't like that trade. And I think one of the arguments against it is Bullock is probably the better player. And while that might be the case, I do think Bullock's strengths are basically shooting, jump shooting. He's probably a better jump shooter. And defensively, I don't know. Um, Cam Reddish isn't a bad defender. Uh, he's very athletic, and I think if he were on a team that were playing for something like Dallas, you would notice his defense even more. But I just, for me, I would like to do the trade because, for one, I want to see this team get younger. 
we're not winning the title as built, right? We're not we're not going to be able to keep Bullock and win a title in the next couple years. I just don't think that. I, I think by the time this team is ready to win a title, Bullock's not going to be here anyways. He's going to sign somewhere else anyways. So the way I see it is you go out and you get a younger player like Cam Reddish and you use that player to build or at some point if you do if there is another trade out there you do have somewhat of an asset in Cam Reddish like I said I I think he is a talented player and I honestly I'd keep him around because I think he can play offense and defense I think he can create his own shot he can dribble the ball he knows how to do that Reggie Bullock you do not want dribbling the ball and Dallas needs to get away from these players that can't dribble the ball. And that if you can get away from these players that can't dribble, then you can get out of this five-out offense that they play. I hate the five-out offense. It's garbage. And put in a better offense that, you know, you can sort of – you can have fast breaks. You know, you're not always just walking it up. And, you know, that – it goes along with, um, you know, what I say about Jaden Hardy. You know, Jaden Hardy right now needs to be playing 10 to 20 minutes a game. He needs all of Frank Nilakina's minutes. And, you know, last night he had a good play and then he struggled. But that's what you have to deal with, um, with the young player, with the rookie. I know some people were sort of bagging on him because he did this, didn't do this, or did this, didn't do that. And... You know, he's the second-round pick in his first year. I, I don't expect him to do anything. What I want him to do is learn the NBA game because at some point he's probably going to be an important piece for the Dallas Mavericks. They need players that can dribble the ball. They need players that can take it to the rim. And as far as his defense goes, I think he plays really good defense. Um, there was one play that I thought he played the pick-and-roll perfect. And trust me, I watched these pick-and-roll defense because one thing that annoys me about Dwight Powell is Dwight Powell has no idea what to do on a pick-and-roll play. He is completely lost on defense. And I think it was in the Phoenix game, and they pulled, they did the pick-and-roll on Hardy, and Hardy got in front of DeAndre Ayton, and he just stayed in front of DeAndre Ayton. And Ayton went to the rim, but Hardy stayed in front of him, and it took the pass away. So the guy had to take the layup. Whoever I can't remember who the guy who... Um, took it to the rim, but once he picked, once DeAndre set the screen and screened Hardy, Hardy stayed on DeAndre Ayton, and he stayed in front of him. And if DeAndre gets the ball, if Ayton gets the ball high, he probably dunks it. But the fact that Hardy was there to try and prevent the pass is something that I watch these guys do and they just can't figure it out. And seeing Hardy play that pick and roll perfect was something I, I couldn't believe it. And I just I think he needs more minutes. And like I said, yes, he is going to struggle, and yes, he is going to make mistakes. But you need that guy. You're going to need him, even when even when April comes along. You're probably going to need him because you're going to need a guy who can create a shot. And that's just not anybody else. Um, if you, you know, I figure Frank Nilakina is going to be one of the guys that's moved. Um, he is an expiring contract. Uh, that's the only reason uh, he would be included in a deal. Uh, you know, if that deal is something along the lines of, uh, 
you know, trying to bring Bogdanovich and you're trying to get Noel in return with Bogdanovich and you need some guys and you're going to send somebody like Bertans and Nilakina and a first-round pick, then, you know, maybe that's what it is. But, I, I you know, obviously Dallas should go after Bogdanovich, I think. Bogdanovich can create his own shot. And I've, we saw last night how well he can score. I do think Bogdanovich is a good defender. Uh, you know, obviously he had to guard Luka, which is tough. And it's a hard assignment for anybody. So I'm not going to judge, you know, Bogdanovich based on the way he defended Luka. Because if you watch everybody defend Luka, it, it's just – it's. You, you're not going to like any defensive players in the league. You know, there's only going to be a handful, and those guys probably aren't available. So, um, you know, Tim Hardaway is another guy that's been in conversation. I, I do think if there's a team out there that wants Tim Hardaway, I don't know why he's still on this team. I, you know, nothing against Tim Hardaway, but I just don't think he's part of the future of this team. But like I said, it's the same thing with Bullock. By the time the the Dallas Mavericks are ready to win a championship, I just don't think Hardaway is going to be on this team. Uh, you know, he can he probably would go to Miami. I figure he will play in Miami. You know, he has a house in Miami, and Miami wants him. And so, if it were me, I, I would be on the phone to Miami every day, trying to make that deal. And you know, if that deal is it includes Duncan Robinson, and I will take Duncan Robinson, but I want a young player, right? And like I said, I've bought it. I brought up Jovic in the past. I don't know. You know, Miami is not a team that gets attached to players. They're willing to let guys go if they can get Tim Hardaway, and it costs them Jovic. I think they'll do that because they're looking to win now. You know, Jimmy Butler's not as young as you think he is. He's in his thirties. And he's approaching his mid-30s. And so their window for winning is a lot sooner than Dallas's. Theirs is going to be closing a lot sooner than Dallas's is. You know, Luka's still only 23. But for, you know, Miami, they want to win now. And if you can get Jovic in return, yeah, that makes you a worse team. You're not better today. But in the future... You might be a better team. I do think Jovic has a higher ceiling than Tim Hardaway. I think Tim Hardaway's ceiling is where he's at now, obviously. He's a streaky shooter. He's not going to change. I get annoyed when I watch the broadcasts and he's missing three-pointers and Derek Harper's like, just keep shooting. I'm like, Derek, you've not watched Tim Hardaway one time in his career because we all know if he's making them, he's making them. If he's missing them, he's missing them. He's not going to all of a sudden start making them. And he's a volume shooter, and all those missed shots just go to the other team, give them more possessions, make it harder. They run, fast break, and it's frustrating to watch. And I just, at this point, I would like to have a young player who, again, like I said, it it doesn't make you better today, but it allows you to run an offense where you're not five out because if you can get Jovic, he can handle the ball. Also, if 
a star player does become available, he's an asset that you could trade. He's another guy that you could say, hey, look, we have this young player. And I, I just think it would benefit Dallas to, and it, it, there, it would be more like they were sellers, obviously. They'd just be selling players, not trying to necessarily get better. But I would still try to get Bogdanovich. And at the end of the day, um, if you can send players out who can't dribble and bring players in that can dribble, I think your team is better. And I think it's better offensively. I think it allows you to do more offensively. I think the end-of-game offense that Dallas runs is awful. They Basically, they dribble the ball until the cl- shot clock runs out, and then who's ever got the ball throws the grenade to the other guy for him to th- launch a three and miss. Um, last night, they did that a lot. Um, Reggie Bullock ended up making one, which really helped. Be- you know, The game was still close. Uh, last night's game, last night's win was not a blowout against Detroit, unfortunately, even though they're the second worst team in the league. Houston has 12 wins, Detroit has 13. So it, it's it's one of those frustrating things where it, I, I just don't think Dallas has the team this year to win. I, I do think they should sell. I do think they should sell for young players that you can bring in to not only maybe develop or uses assets in a future trade that's just the way i feel about it uh you know if you want to do the young player thing and not bring in um bogdanovich so be it um you know i i I don't know i you know i'm not sure this team is even like i I don't even know if cuban's even going to make a trade i i could see him trading just making one trade trading mcgee for like a draft pick or something and like a second round pick something like that and just calling it good and just coming out and saying they didn't there weren't any deals out there that made them better and like I said he, he would be right there really aren't any deals out there that are going to make them that much better there, there's just not and I, I just don't think that should be a reason to not make a trade I, I think they should try and get better for, I think they should make trades so they could be better in a few years rather than trying to get better today because they're they're not winning anything. So, um, especially if Jason Kidd's going to continue to play, um, guys like Bullock and Hardaway big minutes when they're struggling, right? I mean, when they're struggling, you you've got to take it. I would rather have Pinson in there. You know, I, if. If Hardaway's missing his shot, why is he playing? He's not gonna all of a sudden just make his shot. So that's my that's my argument for that. That's my story for that. And um, you know, by the time I make my next pod, I'm hoping something there's something more concrete as far as maybe trade. I'm hoping some trades start happening. Um, it's been really quiet. Obviously, there's the rumors are just that rumors. I, I a lot of those rumors. You know, they're put out by agents because they're trying to build the trade candidate. They're put out by GMs, and they're just garbage. I, You know, Rudy Gobert sort of ruined the value for players, and at some point somebody's going to have to make a trade to correct that value. You know, the value that Atlanta put on John Collins was stupid, and nobody's going to trade for that. And... 
the fact that Minnesota was dumb enough to make that trade that they did doesn't mean everybody else is. Now, Minnesota, in my opinion, after watching them, you know, one of the things that, uh, another rumor that came out was D'Angelo Russell being traded to Dallas. Um, if I'm trading for D'Angelo Russell, I, I don't want to give up too much. I, I know that sounds sort of... Um, I, D'Angelo Russell is a, is a good player, but he can be a frustrating player. And I, I'm not sure if I want a, a, my next two guards being Dinwiddie and Russell. Because to me, Dinwiddie gets a little frustrating. You know, Dinwiddie has his good games like he did against Phoenix, and that was great. But... Against Detroit, he just he was non-existent, and he has a lot of games like that. But so does Russell, and that was sort of the thing that Brunson did do. That was one of the things that Brunson has the advantage of over guys like Russell and Dinwiddie is he's more consistent. He can consistently do it every night, and while it might not be great play, it's all-star caliber at moments. But it's also very consistent, and that the consistency is where Dinwiddie and Russell lack. And I just don't know if I'm interested in bringing in another guy like that. And, of course, you could say, well, if one's not on, maybe the other one is. But Jason Kidd would play them both anyways. And you'd have two guys. You'd have one guy on and one guy off, and it, it just still wouldn't work. And it's i just not sure if I'm interested in um, D'Angelo Russell now. Their backup center, uh, what's his name, Nas Reed, I think his name is. I would love to have him on the Mavs, right? I would start him. He'd be our starting center. Well, I guess we Christian Wood um, is here. I, Nas Reed would be the a backup center, and he would get a lot of minutes. And you could play them both at the same time because they, you know, Wood and Reed could shoot the three. And so, I would love to have him in return. And so, if you're going to include him. Maybe that's a deal you could make, but if I'm, um, you know, if I'm Minnesota, I'm looking for a trade partner for Russell. But I'm thinking about look trading Carl Anthony Towns, and I know that's crazy, but I just don't think Towns is the guy that Minnesota thinks he is. I just don't think he's the guy that he people used to think he was back years ago. It he was like on top of the GM survey of players that they'd like to build around. At one point, the first on the list was Carl Anthony Towns. Well, that's, he's not even he, – he's just not that guy. He's a good player, yes. He's a really good shooter, yes. He's an atrocious defender, yeah. And he's so bad at defense. And I, I just thought it could work with Gobert and Towns, but it just doesn't. I think if you're going to have a team with Carl Anthony Towns, you need to be a team like um, New Orleans. You know, New Orleans has some really good perimeter defense between guys like Herb Jones and that Dyson and what's his name, Troy Murphy or something. They have some really quality perimeter defenders. And you need guys like that when you're going to have Carl uh, Anthony Towns. As a matter of fact, his. Prior to last year, the only other time he'd really made it to the playoffs was when they had Jimmy Butler. And, you know, 
Jimmy Butler obviously is a fantastic defender, but Wiggins is a good defender too. And so you did have some good perimeter defenders on that team. And I, I, I just don't think they have great perimeter defense at the moment. I do like Anthony Edwards, but you know D'Angelo Russell is not a good defender, and if you're going to have Russell in the game, you, you're going to struggle defensively. And I, I think they could get some of them draft picks back that they traded away to Utah for Gobert if they would just trade Towns. But, you know, D'Angelo Russell's the guy. I'm sure they'll find somebody. I'm sure there's a team out there who's willing to take on Russell. And I wouldn't be shocked if he were traded. Um, The only other team, you know, I guess, you know, Phoenix still trying to find a trade partner for Jay Crowder. You know, you, you hear rumors. I... Obviously, Milwaukee's the team on top. They've made an offer, supposedly, and I, I just don't know why Phoenix hadn't even taken the offer. I, I don't know why they don't take just anything. You're, whatever you get back in return is just going to be depth, right? And you're not going to get a great player in return for a Crowder because Crowder is not that great of a player. And right now, you're getting nothing out of Crowder. So whatever you get back in return is just having depth, having more quality players. And I, to me, when I watched Phoenix without Booker, they just lack depth. They're Like I said, they're a lot like Dallas Mavericks. And they just, they have Aiton. Aiton's not really the guy. I don't think Aiton will ever be the best player on a championship team. I'm not 100% sure he'll either be, he could even be the second best and it's sort of how I feel about Christian Wood. I don't think Christian Wood could be the second best player on a title team. But I think Aiton could be the third best player on a title team. And, you know, Christian Wood might be able to get there. Um, but, you know, Chris Paul's not the same guy. He's obviously declined. And without Booker, you just you just don't have much. You know, Cam Johnson's a lot like he's just a jump shooter he's a lot like bullock i should i could say you know he's a decent defender and he just jump shoots he barely puts the ball on the ground Uh, miles bridges is a good player but again he's sort of just a jump shooter and they're paying him a lot of money to be a jump shooter you know i miles bridges is probably a better player than dorian finney smith but I would rather pay Dorian Finney-Smith what he's being paid than play Miles Bridges what he's being paid. Miles Bridges is probably a better player, but Miles Bridges doesn't do that much more than Dorian Finney-Smith. Like I said, he is a better defender. That's obvious. But he's just a jump shooter, and he makes a lot of money, and I just I just don't know if I want to pay a guy like that a lot of money. Dorian doesn't make a ton of money. Dorian's deal is a pretty good deal, especially once... You're going to see the salary cap explode again. They're going to have another one of those years where the salary cap explodes. So, uh, you know, Phoenix, I'm not sure what Phoenix is going to do. They're they're not good enough to do anything this year. Like I said, I think Denver is the team that's going to the finals in the West. Uh, You know, Clippers looking for a point guard. They need one watching them. It's so funny. They... It's watching them play. They they really have no point guard. They really need a point guard. Um, but, you know, the teams in the East, 
the only you know Milwaukee's look always looking to get better. Milwaukee will probably get someone from the buyout market. Um, Brooklyn's another team that might be able to get somebody on the buyout market. There, there was a story that went out that they're willing to move on Curry and Harris, and I'm all for Curry on this team. Um, I, if they want, like, if you're going to make a trade with Brooklyn, you want to send them Javale McGee. I'll take Curry in return. Um, why not? Uh, you know, Dallas keeps trying to get rid of him, but every time, everywhere he plays, he's a good player. He's not, he's not great, but he's not played like a great player. So. I don't know. You know, obviously Miami, they want Tim Hardaway. I don't know why he's not already playing for him. Atlanta's been trying to trade John Collins for years. I don't know what Washington's doing. I don't know what the Bulls are doing. You know, Indiana's sort of fallen off. They've they're one and nine in their last ten, and so is New Orleans. Funny enough, New Orleans has fallen off big time. Um, you know, the Orlando Orlando Magic team are one of the teams on the up. You know, they're five and five in their last ten. And they've been playing pretty good basketball. You know, 5-5 five and five in their last 10 is not great. But they're slowly working their way towards that number 10 spot. And I don't know if they're going to have enough time to do it. They are gonna. They need to go on a win streak. They need a good, like, 7-8 game win streak to propel them up in the standings. But when you watch that Orlando team play, man, that is a fun team to watch. Um, a, team, a guy on that team, they're looking to move Mobamba. If we could trade Powell for Bamba, I'd do it all day, every day. I just don't think Dallas has anything that Orlando wants uh, for Bamba. I thought, I thought it was interesting that Bamba stayed. It, it's one of those things where, you know, why did Bamba stay with Orlando? Why didn't Bamba go somewhere else? He knew he was in a crowded front court, right? And it's sort of the same thing with John Collins. John Collins has been in trade rumors forever. He hates being in Atlanta, but yet he re-signed. So you either hate being there or you're just doing it for the money. You know, I it, I just don't get that. Why didn't he just go somewhere else, take the pay cut? You're going to make three, $400 million in your career anyways. Who cares if you pass up, you know, so many millions of dollars? It's easy for me to say it because I'm not the one passing up. But, you know, look at Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk passed up. $200 million in his career, and he's doing just fine, right? A guy like John Collins could pass up, uh, you know, they're only they're only passing up like $6 million. It's not like they're passing up a lot, right? But when they break it down, they're like, well, he could make $100 million with this team, or he could make $60 million with the next. Well, in that $100 million, they're including the extra year. Um, but they fail to, you know, say that, well, if he... You know, it would be 65 with one team or 75 for another team if you equal the years, right? It's just that they're – and so, yes, he's losing on $10 million. He's not losing out on $35 million. He's going to get that money back in the next year, right? It's, I, I hate when they compare four-year and five-year contracts. I think it's stupid. You're comparing an apple and an orange. If you want to compare the contracts, compare them with the same amount of years. If a guy is offered four years from an, one team – and five years from the next, don't say he's passing up $40 million. Say what the difference is when you put the the two year, the four years to combine. So anyhow, that's my venting of that mess. But, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that there's some trades made. And I'm afraid, 
you know, with this play-in, a lot of teams are not going to make trades because they think they have a chance. You know, I, I, you know, a team. When I look at like teams like Washington and Chicago, you may win your play-in tournament and you may make it to the eighth seed of the playoffs, and that's awesome. But you're just going to get swept. So, why would you hold on to guys that you know that you're probably going to get rid of at some point? for an opportunity to get swept in the playoffs. What what's the benefit? And I think that's sort of what the play-in has done. It, it's it's given these teams a false hope. You know, I, I wanna know since they've been doing this play-in, it's only been a year or two, whatever. But out of those teams, how many actual playoff games have been won from the seven and eight seed in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference? What, I mean, I bet you it's five, right? Just games between all four teams combined for the last couple years, right? They don't win games. They, you're just not going to win a playoff series when you're the seventh and eighth seed in either conference. So why strive to make that spot? That's why I'm, if I'm Utah, I trade guys. I sell. I don't go trying to trade for Dorian. Dorian's a 29-year-old player. He he's not doing anything for you. You know, trade Conley, trade Clarkson, get younger, and play your young guys. Uh, go for that, you know, lottery pick. And you know, you still got quality players in marketing. You still got a quality player in Sexton and Kessler, and just go with those guys, and you know, and get your get your draft picks or whatever maybe get another young guy in return for those two players and i just don't know what utah's holding on to so you know if they make the playoffs they're just gonna get swept by denver so um you know like saying pelicans they've really fallen off they're one and nine in their last 10 i don't know what happened to them they've lost eight in a row zion's not been there brandon ingram i think just came back um I do think they'll be better at some point. I think if after the All-Star break, if Zion does play after, I think they will win some games and move up. It, it, they have 25 losses, but so do the Clippers, and the Clippers are the number four seed. And so does Dallas, and they're the sixth seed. There's uh, four teams with 25 losses and four, five teams with 20, four teams with 26 losses. And four teams with 25 losses in the Western Conference. And then Golden State has 24. And Sacramento's got 21. Um, the Lakers have 28. And so the whole the Western Conference from the, the number four seed to the number 13, it's really clogged up. And so you go on a win streak or a lose, losing streak, you're in some trouble. But uh, anyhow, I guess I'm going to end it there. Uh, you know, I haven't even looked to see the Mavs' next game is on Wednesday. Nope, it's not on Wednesday. Um, it is on Thursday, the second Groundhog Day, and it is against the Pelicans, like I was just speaking of. Uh, you know, the Pelicans, that's sort of a bad game for Dallas because 
the Pelicans are going to be on a losing streak and they're going to come in desperate and Dallas is going to come in with low energy. And that's just going to be frustrating to watch. So I, I really do hope, uh, you know, Pelicans play Denver tonight. So if they lose in Denver tonight, they're really going to be desperate coming into Dallas. And that's Dallas is a team they know they can beat. So I'm sort of worried about that game already. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. Uh, like I said, the trade deadline is uh, a little over a week away. It's a week away from Thursday. So, you know, maybe Dallas gets something done. But I'll do a pod in between then and, you know, discuss some of the rumors going around. And I'm sure there are going to be fantastic rumors and uh, rumors that are make sense. So, uh, other than that... If you could rate and review the podcast, wherever did you get your podcast, I'd appreciate it. Until next time, we'll see you later.